1: It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.
0: What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is
2: full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities.
1: Uh, okay, if I can pull you away from the job site, the, the, uh... job site. The internet. It sounds
0: like I'm a construction worker.
1: (laughs) I mean, just, you know, looking at uh, at potential jobs on your, uh, whatever app it is there. Yeah. You're looking for work. Yep. Um, how's it going?
0: It's, uh, it's... Well, well, Chuck, it's not going well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I actually had um, an incredible series of emails over the last day that uh, I just really wanted to share with you. So one of the things that this site offers is that uh, when you sign up, you put in your resume and all the things that, that you've done, and then it will send you recommended jobs based on your skills and such. Sure, sure. And so I got an email... Uh, that said, recommended jobs, and I was like, yes, this is it. This is going to be the thing. I'm excited, and I opened it up, and it said, uh, based on the information that you've given us, uh, here are your recommended jobs. Number one, go-kart attendant. (laughs) (laughs) You would make
1: an amazing go-kart attendant. Thank
0: you. I appreciate your support. You're welcome. Uh, Number two, maintenance director.
1: Maintenance director. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was for a uh, go kart company. Oh no, no. Yeah.
1: Apparently they have a hard time hiring at this at this particular go-kart company. Uh
0: <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So I mean that tells you where I'm at. Like <laughs> that's how marketable <laughs> I am.
1: <laughs> well, if you work hard and apply yourself, maybe one day you can work your way up to dunk tank clown. <laughs>
0: Thank you for your support. Yeah, I love, I love you. you. I love you. <laughs>
1: it's the box of oddities. Welcome back, and uh, this is what episode seventeen. Nice. I
0: don't. I, I. I've forgotten. It's impossible for me to keep track of this kind of thing. You know this. Okay. I played volleyball two days ago. Can't tell you what the score was. It's just not how my brain works.
1: The box is our website. And of course you can reach us uh, anytime curator at the box of oddities.com or on our social media. And we really do. We enjoy reading the comments. We enjoy reading the emails.
0: Yeah, no, we, oh my gosh, we've had so many amazing emails recently and uh, we're starting to get some really great suggestions and feedback. And of course we love feedback, uh, but these suggestions are really, um, Oh, man, I almost said revving my engine. That's so bizarre.
1: It's so 90s.
0: I know. I just feel gross now.
1: We're also pretty excited that pretty soon we're going to have merch. (gasps) We're not supposed to talk about that secrets. Okay, all right. All right, don't tell anyone we said that, Um, but pretty soon merch.
0: Stop.
1: You go first this week. What do you have? Oh,
0: my gosh. Okay, so this is something I've I've, uh, wanted to do for a little while, but um, you know how I've been kind of like half-assing it for the last couple of weeks because I've been mentally exhausted. But
1: half of your ass is better than most people's full ass.
0: You are so kind to my ass. All right, so uh, we're just going to launch into this. Okay, so picture it. Sicily. Just kidding. No, it's not Sicily. Um, Hey, Golden Girls fans. So, um... Not too far outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, there's a nearly three-acre plot of land. And there are a few buildings and cars. Some of the land heavily wooded, uh, some more sparsely. Uh, parts of it are very watery, parts of it a little more dry. Uh, but the, all of it, the entire piece of land, is covered in corpses.
1: Oh, is this the is this the corpse farm? We are
0: talking about body farm. Oh, body
1: farm! Yeah. Now I've Mm. I've I've heard about this. I Mm. know there's a couple of books about it. I've been intrigued by it, Mm. and I do want to learn more. So please enlighten me.
0: I mean, I'm going to. Okay. You didn't have to ask. Um. So
1: you're awfully snarky for a go kart attendant.
0: (laughs) About. about, uh, I don't know, like 10, 15 years ago, I read a book called, uh, I think it was Beyond the Body Farm. And it, I, I just, I loved it. And I brought it to work with me every day at the golf course. And, uh, I got some looks, but anyway, um, it was amazing and it really sparked my interest in this. And so, okay. The original Body Farm is, uh, the University of Tennessee Anthropological Research Facility. And it's located a few miles from downtown on uh, Alcoa Highway in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's right behind the University of Tennessee Medical Center. And it was first started in late 1981. Oh, it was a good time. Um, it, by anthropolo- anthropologist mm, 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 Dr. William M. Bass, as a facility for the study of decomp of human remains. So it's a wooded plot surrounded by a razor wire fence. And at any one time, there will be a number of bodies placed in different settings throughout the facility and left to decompose.
1: And they, what is that noise?
0: So is the dog snoring?
1: Oh, Willie, Willie's snoring. Willie, snore quietly. We're podcasting over here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you sure that's, that's not you?
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so the bodies are exposed in a number of ways in order to provide insights into decomp under varying conditions. The idea is to recreate situations that bodies might be left in so that people can monitor uh, the rate of decomposition, the rate of insect activity. Um, so there, there. For instance, uh, they might take a body and leave it in the trunk of a car sure. for a week and see how that who, reacts. Who hasn't? Based on the temperature and such. They might submerge the body uh, in a puddle. They they provide factual data and to help forensic cases. Observations and records of the decomp process are kept, including the sequence and speed of decomp and the effects of insect activity, as I mentioned. By the way, I got most of this from uh, Wikipedia, the uh, article about body farms on how stuff works, University of Tennessee Forensic Anthropology Center website. The stages that are studied begin with the fresh stage, and then the bloat stage, then decay, and finally the dry stage. Forensic anthropology can help close cold cases, as well as give us information on how to um, read current corpses. For example, in 1933, the body of seven-year-old Dalbert Apochian was found floating in San Diego Bay. And after examining the body, an autopsy surgeon declared that it had been sodomized and mutilated. Oh, my God. No one was ever arrested for the crime. And in September of 2005, San Diego County Crime Lab received funds to open cold cases, and his was one of the cases that they opened. After reexamining reports and pictures taken during the initial investigation, the medical examiner's office determined that the boy simply drowned and that... The original report that said he'd been sexually assaulted and mutilated was actually just misunderstanding of how bodies react to water and decomp really? happens within water really which you know it's not like yay because he's still dead but what it, it must be such a relief to those who had dealt with sure. that case to to okay well that you know he yeah, yeah. Um, serial killer John Wayne Gacy killed thirty-three young men, twenty-nine of whom were buried right below his own house. When investigators discovered the corpses, many of which had been stacked on top of one another, they relied on forensic anthropologists to help them begin the identification process and um, and learn about um, how they would have been killed and how you can determine which things. That happened to their bodies happened after they were piled on top of each other. Wow! So there.
2: <clears throat> Sorry. That's all right.
0: So there are many body farms. Um, there's one at Western Carolina University. So
1: like a franchise opportunity?
0: Yeah, you can get yours now. Okay. Just like the ice cream robot. <laughs> the
1: frozen yogurt robots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he could do that.
0: (laughs) The uh, second human decomp facility to open in the United States is located at Western Carolina University. North Carolina is part of the Western Carolina Human Identification Laboratory, and it's commonly known as FOREST. The facility studies decomp in the Western North Carolina mountain habitat and has been used for cadaver dog training.
1: You know, what's weird about cadaver dogs is they just seem so happy with their job. (laughs) Well, I
0: found a dead body.
1: (laughs) Who's a good boy? They
0: say if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. I suppose, yeah. Do do it with joy. Uh, There's a body farm at Texas State University, Sam Houston State University, Southern Illinois University, Colorado Mesa University. Uh, One in Australia, India, the UK, and elsewhere. And again, the advances that they've made in forensics because of these farms is amazing. There are some people, though, who are, if you can believe it, anti-body farm.
1: Well, that's not a real thing.
0: It's true. There's actually a group called SICK uh, it's an abbreviation for something. I don't remember what it is because it's dumb. Um, but <laughs> they, they're like, uh, they have complaints about uh, it smells, and there are insects drawn to it, uh, and, and scavengers drawn to it. Um, and also, I can see dead bodies from my house, which um, the, the university has assured is not the case. You cannot see dead bodies from your house. Stop it. Uh, But the, the Department of Anthropology receives over 100 body donations a year. All the donations are placed at the Anthropology Research Facility with the remains eventually moved into the William M. Bass Donated Skeletal Collection. Keep in mind... Donation of your body to the Department of Anthropology does not prevent donation of other tissues or organs, which is something that I was concerned about. I was like, oh, I want to donate my organs so I can't donate my body. You
1: don't want to waste it.
0: Right, but that's not the case. You can do both, unlike... Uh, medical schools, though, they don't return your body. I guess when medical schools are done with your bits, they um, sew you back up and send you back to your family. And then you can be buried wherever. Sure, 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 That's just not the case here. And I imagine you don't want
1: them back. No, no, no. After they've spent several months under a, a crab apple tree.
0: Right. Yeah. Wrapped in a tarp. Wrapped in a tarp. Or not wrapped in a tarp. Yeah, you're you're not getting that back. The only time that the body farms will reject a body is if the person has been infected with um, HIV, hepatitis, or the antibiotic-resistant uh, bacteria. Oh yeah. So um, they don't want those. And if you are interested in donating your body um, in Tennessee, like if you're like within a hundred miles of the farm, they'll come and pick it up. It's like Goodwill. They're like, oh, we'll, really? we'll just yeah, we'll come and get it.
1: They give you a receipt for your taxes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to write that off. <laughs>
0: But uh, if you're outside of that range, then you have to arrange for the body to be moved. Um, but you just go to the University of Tennessee Forensic Anthropology Center website and click on Body Donation Packet, and then you can fill out the forms out there. You can fill them out now if you're interested.
1: So this is a government-funded thing? They, well, it's part
0: of the university. Part right? of the university. I th- I believe that that's how it works. I mean, I know, it's, I know it is part of the university, how funding works, I'm not sure, but I imagine it's part of...
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe to supplement their uh, their growing costs, which I'm sure they have, they could um, open it to the public. Like, you know how you can tour breweries? Mm. It'd be like that. Mm-hmm. You could tour it.
0: There's a lot of similarities. Very yeasty. <laughs>
1: oh, good God. Yeasty.
0: <laughs> what is that horrible smell? Is it decomp? No, it's hops. It's rank. <laughs> Get away from there. You won't like it. It's bad. You think you want to do a tour of a body farm? I don't
1: know. I might no. be interested in no, it. No, you I would might, not.
0: 100% no. you wouldn't like it.
1: Well, I I'd, I'd put on like a face mask. There
0: was that time you cut your finger and then you you almost fainted.
1: That's true. I get woozy on a golf cart too. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. The, the idea is uh, it's morbidly fascinating
0: oh for sure well i could go and then i'd put together a slideshow for you
1: would you Just
0: block <laughs> because out because the- i love you here's your dead bodies
1: <laughs> you are a special kind of wife
0: <laughs> when you care enough to send the very deadest anyway so that's body farms
1: i still think it's an excellent franchising opportunity so you could get into that instead of um go-kart attendant which by the way you would excel at
0: thank you you're welcome <laughs> i would excel at it Accelerator. (laughs) I don't know. I'm so embarrassed for me.
2: The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. All right, it's the thing in the middle.
0: Top five weird addictions we found on the internet from the show Weird Addictions or other shows about weird addictions. It doesn't have to be from Weird Addictions. It's just all... Is a is weird addictions top five or five doesn't have to be top just five weird addictions. Eh.
1: Number five, uh, how about the woman who is addicted to dirty diapers? Yeah, she says she loves sniffing and chewing on them. No, and there's a photo of her. She's got a whole like it looks like a chest of drawers in her bedroom, and one whole drawer is just full of uh, neatly wrapped, I might add, dirty diapers and she's sniffing them and showing them and then putting them back for later use.
0: I don't want to do this anymore, it's awful. Josh, his addiction, eating glass. His quote during the episode was, when I bite into the glass, I get a kind of warm feeling. Yeah, that's blood. (laughs) Um.
1: Number three, the woman who refuses to cut her nails. She refers to them as her babies. And they look gnarly. I mean, seriously gnarly. How do you drive like that?
0: wipe like that what's her butt like i bet it's real bad
1: i never thought about that now it's all i can think about
0: no number two pulling hair out of shower drains evan can't stop he even pulls hair out of other people's shower drains but
1: what's he do with the hair he doesn't eat it
0: no he just likes pulling it out he likes for it to be especially slimy and wet He said he would be super disappointed if he pulled out a bunch of dry hair.
1: Oh, that is horrifyingly disappointing. And number one, there's a woman who's admitted that she was like literally eating her house. She's addicted to eating her house. She says, I love the smell of drywall, the texture of it, the taste. I love everything about it. So far, she's nibbled her way through the rumpus room.
0: Okay, can we just talk about how weird a rumpus room is in the first place? It's such a weird 70s thing. Honestly, you people.
1: You people.
0: A rumpus room to me just sounds like a place where people got high and had orgies.
2: What's your point? (laughs) You're listening to The Box of Oddities. Nothing
1: better to do? Oh, I know what you're asking. You're asking, what is the texture like when you eat human flesh? Well, the answer, according to one man, is it's a lot like biting into a pear.
0: I mean, I would imagine, like, not a ripe pear.
1: It doesn't specify how ripe the pear needs to be to mimic the uh, texture of uh, human flesh. But according to Durangel Vargas, who is the Hannibal Lecter of the Andes, that's what it's like.
0: Oh, my goodness. And that was what I was thinking. Thank you for clarifying.
1: Like a pear. He apparently uh, not only murdered people, Mm -hmm. but uh, cooked and ate them and did it for years.
0: Oh, so cooked human flesh. Is like pear like. Yes. Okay, uh, not raw human flesh. Okay, that's where I was confused. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> oh. we got that
1: covered. Because raw life. human flesh, that's barbaric.
0: I just thought rubbery.
1: Well, he's from Venezuela, and uh, apparently he had a rough childhood. Sure. His uh, parents were a member of some liberation army that worked with guerrillas patrolling the uh, Colombia-Venezuela border, mm. and at a very young age, he was taken along in these very violent type of operations, and those guys, the guerrillas, were convinced he was possessed by evil demons even then. Wow. As he got older, Vargas, uh, I guess, drifted into the city of San Cristobal. San Cristobal.
0: No, you're doing great.
1: Okay, thank you. Where he lived under a bridge for many years with lots of other uh, transients. (laughs) Most of the uh, other guys just kind of moved on over the years, but not him. He stayed there.
0: It was his favorite bridge.
1: But after a while, he was picked up by local police uh, several times on various charges, vagrancy, petty theft, that sort of thing. But then a tragedy struck. He murdered another homeless guy and ate him, and they put him in jail for that. Apparently, they frown on that in in Venezuela. He was in not prison, but a uh, mental health institute. Okay. And it gets a little foggy here. We're not sure if he was released or if he escaped. But he got out, and for quite a few years, he uh, he lived uh, his life undetected and uh, just under the radar, more or less. And during a two-year period between uh, 1997 and 1999, Fergus was apparently pretty busy. He was murdering and eating people that he found in the park. Um, despite efforts to hide the bodies, evidence of the crimes were found by police I guess some kids had found some bones along the riverside, and they called authorities, and they started poking around. They found a lot of bones and heads and hands and things like that. Stuff that he didn't find appetizing. Sure. That he left behind.
0: And kudos to those children for calling the authorities. If you see something, say something.
1: They thought for a while that it was a burial ground for uh, drug deals that have gone bad. They were operating under that assumption for some time. Mm. Further investigation, uh, they found out that these people had all been reported missing for some time. And then they started finding like telltale signs of butchering, you know, on the bones and and that sort of thing. So they started uh, digging into uh, who lived in the area and that soon led to Vargas because, well, he had already killed a guy and eaten him Mm -hmm. and been put away for it. So they thought they'd start there. So they went to his little hut that he had, and they found all kinds of containers with human flesh body parts.
0: Like refrigerated? No, he
1: didn't have a fridge. Oh. So he would just keep it, you know, as long as he could, and then he'd go kill somebody else because he didn't have a fridge.
0: Oh, sure. But how long can you keep, like, how long can, how... It, you know that's not important. Well, Go ahead. He
1: would season it, I guess, and try to keep it longer.
0: Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. But, but he like salted meat,
1: like a weird beef jerky, if you will. But that's why he ended up killing two guys a week. On average, because the meat would go bad before he could eat it. So he would just, you know, throw it out and go kill somebody yes. else.
0: It's like back in the day when they went on long shippy business and they would um, bring m- meats with them. But they would also bring a couple of live cows so that that way they could eat their meats. And then they would have live cows to slaughter yeah. uh, and it, and their their meat system would last them longer.
1: And so they find this guy and he doesn't even deny it. They, they come up to him and they, they arrest him. He doesn't say, I didn't do it. He doesn't say, hey, you got the wrong guy. He says, quote, human meat is nice, but I like eating all kinds of meat. Dogs, cats, lizards. I buried the heads and feet and threw the other bones in the river. I also stored meat in containers. The heart and the liver must be spiced up. If I was hungry, I used to kill men, never women, because they do no harm. Men taste like barbecue. Women, too sweet. They taste like flowers. So they said, yeah, I think we got our man. Captain? <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got a uh, guy here, and he's got a uh, person stuck in his teeth. Over. Do they still say over? You know, I don't know. Vargas apparently targeted male and healthy passersby, uh, such as athletes and laborers. Um, That's
0: what you get for jogging.
1: Jogging will kill you. <laughs> And get you eaten. <laughs> if the hunting was bad, he would uh, he would go after drunkards. He avoided killing women and children, and he also avoided fat people because he says it would raise his cholesterol level.
0: Is that <laughs> how that works?
1: I don't know, mm. but apparently he was a diet conscious cannibal.
0: See, I've got a friend who's like a nutritional expert, mm-hmm. and I really like to get in touch with her and have. I, I just have some questions.
1: He also wouldn't eat old people because he thought the flesh was contaminated and that's with prob- old yeah that's probably true though you yeah. know years and years of being exposed to uh, chemicals and that's
0: oh, sort of sure. thing. bus fumes sure that kind of thing
1: Now he would uh, he would hunt them just like you would an animal he, uh, he would hunt them with spears. he had a spear that he made out of a tube and he would spear his victims and then and then finish them off with rocks and then uh, dismember them and cannibalize them.
0: Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Yeah. I, I just figured out what you meant earlier today when you said this week's episode's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a
1: private joke for you. I love it. He says, Vargas said that his favorite part to eat was uh, the muscle from the thighs and the calves.
0: I get that. That makes sense. Those to me. were
1: his quote personal favorites. But he also said he makes a delicious stew out of tongues, and uh, he used to uh, remove people's eyes and include them in his soup.
0: Kind of like a bay leaf, just yeah, for just, flavor,
1: just to give it a nice little zing.
0: <laughs> That's awful. That's awful.
1: Body parts that he did not consume, he uh, he again he would bury them along the river.
0: Mm. It's like a compost pile.
1: He said he would spear them, then he'd cut their head off, and it would make him feel happy. And then he would go back and dig a hole and bury what was left.
0: So he spoke Spanish, right?
1: Yeah, he spoke Spanish.
0: So this is just awkwardly translated.
1: It is, um, <laughs> but you get the general idea. <laughs> you do. This was a bad man.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the way a child would say something. And then I cut his head off, and it made me feel happy.
1: He also said at one point that um, his neighbor Manuel was a really nice guy, and all the people in the neighborhood would always talk about what a good person Manuel was. So he thought, well, if he's a good person, this is what he said. He said, I thought if Manuel is a good person, then he probably tastes good. So he killed Manuel, and he chopped the meat up, and he put it in empanadas, and then he served them to all of his neighbors. They didn't know. And he said, they just love my empanadas. They loved them. They said that the stuffing was delicious. But in fact, it was Manuel. It
0: was Manuel Empanadas. It was
1: Manuel Empanadas.
0: That's why only do cheese. Only do cheese empanadas. So
1: he gets arrested, obviously, goes to prison. He's been there, you know, since 1999. Oh, he's still alive? Not only is he still alive, uh, in 2016, apparently, um, he killed an inmate and ate him in prison. How do you have
0: time for that? Yeah, I hope he's not, like one of the the cooks in the clink. They say if you want to dispose of bodies while working in a prison, you should work in the laundry, but maybe in his case it would be the kitchen. How awkward did it sound when I used the word clink?
1: So two inmates went missing in, in the prison, and uh, they did an investigation, and then they had to go and tell the families of uh, two inmates, you know, we've got some bad news. Mm. Uh, we probably shouldn't have uh, put them in the same cell with this guy because uh, he killed and ate them. And then he put all their intestines and stuff in pipes so that they wouldn't find them. And he cooked them up, and he served them with rice to rival gang members who didn't know what they were eating.
0: Oh. I'm, I'm really surprised that they would eat anything that he served them. That just seems silly.
1: They were two of their companions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's no
1: good. No, it's just bad form. No.
0: So it it seems that maybe maybe you know rugged childhood led to some some issues that he was working through and he then he was a transient and so maybe there were some rough conditions and maybe he killed someone uh, out of just that the nature of be living under a bridge I don't know sure and then he was like well hey I'm hungry might as well eat him and then it was like hey this works out okay for me I'm gonna continue. This behavior, what well, with the the slaughtering and the and the eating, and then and then he discovered, you know what's even better is feeding people this business, and it seems like he's kind of evolved throughout yeah, the years. Yeah. Like this is this is where I get my jollies is feeding you other people. Up, 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 up.
1: He actually commented on that in an interview. Mm. He said that he's just doing what the church tells him to do, which is to um, share his bread. But by bread, he means Manuel.
0: Yeah, he his means neighbor. Manuel meat.
1: Manuel meat.
0: manuel Mitches.
1: They should do like a cannibal version of Chopped on the Food Network. Here's our contestant today, Durangel Vargas. Here are your ingredients. Ice cream, olives, and hobo ass. 30 minutes on the clock.
0: I hate it when they give me the ass. It's so tough.
1: I'm right in my element because uh, I've uh, served a lot of hobo ass in in my uh, experience. I used to kill them in a park and make stew out of it. So I'm feeling pretty confident right now. <laughs> Chopped, the cannibal version.
0: <laughs> oh, now I want to watch Chopped.
1: So anyway, there you go. He's locked up, but apparently the only people that aren't safe are his uh, cellmates who end up in a stew or, or a tasty rice dish.
0: Well, that was delightful. And I mean, a little upsetting.
1: It was very upsetting. It was
0: pretty upsetting. Yeah. But also delightful. I just, I'd never heard of him before. And I I think that's interesting.
1: That's why I chose that, because I had not heard of this guy before, but he was quite prolific. He killed like up to 14 people that he admits to. Oh, wow. And he doesn't
0: seem like someone who wouldn't admit to it. You
1: would think. But at the same time, maybe he just lost count.
0: It's true. I want to know more about his childhood. I want to know what makes... People who are in the midst of guerrilla warfare go, that kid's a nut job. Get (laughs) away. Yeah. Get away. Like, what did he build with his Legos that sent them, you know?
1: Off the edge. Right. Yeah. These are are people that were uh, killing other people in the jungle, and they said, that kid's too crazy for us.
0: We don't like him.
1: Get him away from us.
0: I think he's bad. I don't like that child. Please keep him away. I have some murderous deeds to do.
1: (laughs) The boxofoddities.com is our website. Curator at The Box of Oddities is uh, an email address you can you can connect with us on. Of course, social media. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram. And uh, The Book of Faces.
0: That's different than The Book of Faces that, that Vargas Guy had.
1: No, that was a stew of faces. This is a difference.
0: And we would love to hear from you. And we have other things that we're working on that we can't tell you about right now.
1: What about uh, the... Now- uh-
0: And um, we think we already mentioned. And um, I think that it would be helpful to us um, if you sent us more stuff for the things. So
1: so you're saying we need more material uh, because I'm just
0: saying that it would benefit everyone to share information with me about things that
1: Because we're gonna do (laughs) it. All right, all right, all right. We'll leave it as a secret for now, but I think by the time our next episode drops, everybody's gonna know. Or will shortly after.
0: Was that a hand fart? Oh, I thought it was a hand fart. Was so excited. I don't see a lot of hand farts anymore. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah. I thought that's just what you were doing now. No, no, no. It was a hand fart. Okay. How are you married to me still? I'm so sorry. It's okay. okay. I got jazzed about a hand fart. Um, yeah, theboxofoddities.com. Please don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll see you next time.
0: Oh, Keep flying that freak flag. Fly it
1: proudly. Do it.
2: And thanks for accepting us as we are. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The box of oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things, however, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask, three things and three things only. Henceforth. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. The Box of On Facebook at facebookcom dot slash Box of Oddities podcast. On Twitter at Box of Oddities. And Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright twenty eighteen. All rights reserved.
0: Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well look no further and join me, Katie Charles, your friend neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course.
2: Women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history
0: podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The Big Picture Questions and the Most Interesting Research in Science.